Hi, and thanks for checking out our City Reach Philly podcast from wherever you are listening. We hope you are encouraged by this week's message. Praise God. In this same spirit, I'm going to ask a couple of gentlemen to, to come forward here. I'm going to ask Brother Milton and Brother Danny. You guys come up here together. We're just going to talk a little bit about... Share just about the power of the region. 
is like no conference you could ever pay for, ever go to. And the freedom that I came out of this, shout out to the prayer group, like in nobody's business. I just honor my pastora and my pastor for always giving these reach groups and the prayer group for, for taking a part of it and praying over us. And I know that, I know Beto didn't know she's be up here or say anything, but I know it affected her just as much as it affected me. So, say anything about it? Come on. Always putting me on the spot. But this class is very powerful, powerful. When we first signed up, I remember telling the first lady, I'm not going to take it. This is scary. But hearing other people's testimonies that took it in the first class, just I'm just like, I'm going all the way in. It's deep. Take it. If you have not taken this class, sign up. It's a life-changing class. Amen. Praise God. So we'll be doing freedom in September. So sign up. It's, it's truly life-changing. It's powerful. And uh, and it's funny because I told Vera she was going to testify on Sunday. She denied it. And I, although it seems uh, Sister Meg was bringing the word today, we have somebody else bringing the word. So, but I'm so proud to see uh, our folks grow in the transformation and uh, the willingness to take risks and, and steps of faith. Uh, so I, I know God is going to continue to challenge us to do that. And, with no further ado, I'm going to ask Sister Yvette to come forward. So she's not going to look nervous, but she might be a little bit nervous. She's not going to look nervous or something. Like that. Ice. God bless you, everyone. As we've honored our reach groups and the people that we get to do life with via reach groups. I want to honor the women that I've sat shoulder to shoulder with so many reach groups who have blessed me. And I'm so grateful that God has written their names on my heart. A few of them are here tonight. So, Brenda, Dalis, Vanessa, Jessica, Jeanette, Judy, Meg, Vero, Yolanda. Rwanda, I'm so blessed to get to love you, and I'm only standing here tonight because of your love for me and for this church. Amen? The theme verse uh, for tonight's message is Hebrews 10, 24, 25. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Let us not neglect our meeting together, AKA reach group, as some people do. That's a biblical side eye, by the way, as some people do. But encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So very quickly tonight, I want to walk you through my journey here at City Reach as a result of participating and leading reach groups here with my kingdom, women. 
I want to introduce you to my former self. When I was younger, I was, or when I was born, I was the only daughter of my parents after having five sons. As you can imagine, I was a celebration everywhere I went. I was a sassy extrovert. In our neighborhood, there were a lot of block parties and I used to dance salsa with my mom in those block parties. I had long blonde hair. Strangers would stop us and say, Nunca le corte el pelo a esa nena, que bello. I was la reina de la casa. And being the only girl and baby of the house was my identity and my ticket to being the center of my family's world. And I loved it. That was until I was 10. What happened when I turned 10? My mother died. If you're a woman blessed to still have your mother, you know how your sense of self is wrapped up for better or for worse in your relationship with your mother. The one person I knew loved me more than anything in this world was gone. And at 10, I didn't process it that way, but I could feel the absence of that sense of security that I was loved profoundly. When I was 11, just a year and 12 days later, at my mother's funeral, my father came in and said, no te preocupes, negra, que entre un año yo voy a estar contigo. And a year later, he was. A year later, my father passed away. And I remember at his funeral, two of my brothers fought over whose car I would ride in to his burial. And I don't mean that they both wanted me in their car. They were both insisting that I ride in the other car. I was ping-ponging between both cars until I was standing in the middle, in the parking lot, while they yelled at each other about who was going to take me. And even at 11, with no degree in psychology, I knew that what they were really fighting over was the great burden and responsibility that now came with knowing that one of them was now going to have to raise what was left of me. And they were just barely in their 20s. Seeing that neither of them were jumping at the opportunity to have me ride in their car, I knew crystal clear that I no longer belonged to anyone. As you can imagine, from that moment on, la reina de la casa, the extroverted young girl who was always so obviously loved went deep inside and a survivor was born. When you lose the two people you trust, who you believe will love you more than anything in the world and who should have been there to care for you and carry you into adulthood, you experience a wide range of emotions from grief to betrayal and everything in between. When your parents aren't there for you, it's a steep fall down to whoever's going to be there for you next. Whoever you're going to trust next. And so in hindsight, my inability to trust others would be there for me also meant that others were unable to trust me. 
You have to give in order to receive. And I didn't have anything to give. I share that brief snippet of my life story because it's when Yvette, the independent survivor, was born. Now I survived things when my parents were still alive, mostly hunger, and beatings with the chancla. But surviving what other people put on you is different than choosing to survive what you put on yourself. And I know for a fact that so many of you here tonight and so many people who walk in on Sunday have survived something. Amen? Now, when you survive battles in the world, it is not without some scarring. And how you heal scars in the physical is through battles in the spiritual. When you go through and survive battles in the natural, the father of lies, who created those battles to begin with, by the way, and who 1 Peter 5.8 says is always prowling, looking for someone to devour, that enemy swoops in and convinces you to pile on what you think is protection so you can survive the next battle. And so you develop a thick skin. You build a stony wall around your heart. But what he has actually schemed you into doing is build barriers so that he can jump in and devour your spirit because you've locked everybody out. So if we know that heaven is opposite hell and that what you think is a physical battle is actually a spiritual battle for your spirit, then it also follows that while victorious battles on earth make you think you need to toughen up and put on layers of protection, Victory in spiritual battles, on the other hand, actually strips everything away. The more victorious you are in the spiritual, the less you need to protect yourself in those old ways. All you need to fight and survive is Him. Ephesians 4.16 says, From Him, the whole body is fitted and held together by every supporting ligament. And as each individual part does its work, the body grows and builds itself up in love. So let's break that down. From him, the whole body is fitted. What is the whole body? Together, we are the whole body. The whole body of Christ, the whole body of the kingdom. What does fitted here mean? Well, it means the same thing it does when you walk into lids and looking for a fitted baseball cap. It is to the exact fitting or measurement of your head. It is not too big, it is not too small, it fits perfectly. When we are from him then, we are perfect and we fit perfectly together. There is no part too small, there is no part too big. This is true even though each part is a different size. As each individual part does its work, the body grows and builds itself up in love. Let's break that down. That means that as Noli sings, as GC prays, as David works on sound, and Jeanette cleans, we get swole. 
but not swole because of the thick skin, the hard head, or the stony walls around your heart, all of which are actually heavy burdens to carry. We get swole in a way that bears no burden at all. If you are in him, you have all you need to fight spiritual battles. But in order to be in him, you have to strip away all of the bricks, the duct tape, and the stone that you used to protect yourself and your heart. It doesn't happen all at once, but all of that stuff falls away. And when it does, you will be foreign to your own self, as I can testify has happened to me. So fast forward 20-something years from that little 11-year-old girl who became a survivor, and I joined my first REACH group. It was the uninvited REACH group led by Pastor Wanda. And I walked in with my hard head, my thick skin, and my stony heart. And that book spoke to the very secret parts of me, to the me that I was before I became a survivor. The pieces hiding behind the walls I had built. Earlier today, I went into that book to see if I highlighted anything that would serve us tonight. And sure enough, there it was. Highlighted, underlined, and in stars. For years, I'd been expecting stability from a broken identity. When you walk through this life repelling people, the harder your exterior, the more broken your interior. Who you are is broken, and so with nearly every move, you feel the pain when those broken pieces scrape against the fleshy parts of you that are still beating and waiting for living water. But it was after that group that I chose to, in obedience, lead a REACH group. If there are any women here tonight who shared that perfect love group's journey with me, you know how much I love you because I know how much you love me. And I know these things because in REACH groups, all of these pieces that you've used to build those stony walls start falling away. Not all at once, and sometimes, to be honest, you pick them right back up at the end of the REACH group when you leave the safety of that group. But my life is a living testimony that REACH group is where everything you think you're coming to church to find is waiting for you. Because God is in all places and all things. He is here when you get here, but he's also in your room when you cry yourself to sleep. But relationship with other believers and the power that comes from it is what you're actually looking for. It's what your spirit is actually longing for, to be perfectly fitted with other parts of the kingdom. In our Girls with Swords Reach group, we went deep into kingdom accountability. My need to be ready to fight at all times is not just for me and my home, but for you and yours. John 15, 13, greater love has no one than this that he laid down his life for his friends. You lay down your life in battle for your friends and reach groups are where kingdom friends are found. So let me close with what happened this last reach group semester. 
I was leading a class on spiritual warfare. In general, when you join a reach group and build kingdom relationships, and certainly when you lead a group, the enemy is coming for you guns blazing. But when you lead a class specifically on tactical strategies to fight the enemy, he pulls out his A-game. Just a few weeks into that semester, my brothers and I quickly gathered in Allentown as our oldest brother, Wito, was diagnosed with beyond stage five liver and lung cancer. He was given days, definitely no more than a few weeks, to live. I am the only one who doesn't live close by. In order for me to care for him and spend as many waking moments with him as possible, in between work and getting the kids to school, the only way I could do that was to travel every weekend. And guess where my reach group took place? The reach group that was equipping our kingdom women with how to fight spiritual battles. That reach group took place on Saturday mornings. On the weekends, Saturday mornings, I could have made the decision to not only miss Sunday service every weekend, which I did, but I could have also canceled the class for the semester. I couldn't give the enemy that satisfaction. They needed this class. They needed the lessons on each and every piece of God's armor. I trusted that that was true because I trusted and knew God, and I trusted that that was true because I needed it. And so I would do our class on Saturday mornings and travel to the Lehigh Valley right after. Besides the one class I canceled in the beginning, when I first learned he had cancer and ran to Allentown, the only other class I missed was on Saturday, February 17th, the day that he died. For sure, death is a great excuse to disconnect, to cancel a reach group, and it's a great excuse to build walls. But I tried something different this time. Remember I said earlier that to win in spiritual warfare, you have to do the opposite of what hell wants you to do. You have to strip it all away and be completely vulnerable. Knowing that my brother had given his life to Christ before his death gave me great peace. Instead of fighting and yelling at God to keep my brother alive, I went out onto the deck the morning that he died, before he died, and I asked God to take him. I reminded God how honorable my brother had been as a father, as a brother, and as a son. And I asked him not to let him suffer anymore. I remember talking to God with a little attitude and saying, you hear his prayers. He's given his life to you. He's lived an honorable life. Take him. Just a few hours later, my brother was gone. Seeing him take his very last breath was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. That's the opposite of what hell wants you to think. And in that moment, because of the work that God began in me during my first reach group, 
and in every reach group since then, because I was able to go in on that experience, to be stripped and stand in him instead of fear, instead of resentment or anger, the very last piece of my stony heart fell away. I couldn't describe how unfamiliar I was to myself. I kept telling people there's something happening to me because I didn't know myself. And then, while sitting in the Freedom Reach group, he revealed what it was. Ezekiel 36, 26. And I will trade your stony heart for a heart of flesh. None of that. None of the woman that stands in front of you free today would be possible without the love that is found in reach groups. This Sunday, we'll be registering for the next semester of reach groups. I encourage you, no matter where you are in your walk, to use a group to live out the verse that we started with. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Thank you. In our journey, we're all in a different journey. And some of us begin the journey with a stony heart. And other ones begin the journey very open. Regardless of where we are in the journey, we are reminded today that we cannot do this alone. I love what Yvette said that we have to fight thinking and doing the opposite of what our enemy wants us to do. So when you're going through something, you know, because we've all been there, the first reaction is, I'm not going to church. I'm gonna move away from people. I'm not gonna talk to people, I'm upset. And we begin to close ourselves in such a way that we don't let other people in and we really cannot let him in. And tonight, as, as we close this night of worship, you have an opportunity to come and say, God, I, 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 this is where I am. And this is why I'm closed in. And this is why I'm not reaching out. And this is why I never want to go to any of those reach groups. Because I don't want people to know my business. I don't want them to know who we really are, who I really am. But something that we always say in our reach group classes is that sometimes, many times, we come to church with a mask on. You know what I'm talking about. The one that looks put together. The one that says, God bless you, how you doing? The one that says, I'm all right. I'm in victory. Once in a while, actually, in order for you to really be free, this is what we have to do. We gotta show our ugly. We have to show the truth. We have to be able to say to someone, I'm a mess right now. I don't have it together. I need you, brother. I need you, sister. And we have such a blessing in this church that we have that opportunity.
wait until Sunday to join a group and we could encourage you to do that. But there are many people in this place that want to pray with you, want to cry with you, want to say, I was there. I was thinking the same thing, but now I'm no longer the same. I am free. And if, I would encourage you tonight, if you're feeling any type of way, and if you're feeling that you are alone, you're feeling that you can't really open yourself up, I'm going to invite you to come up here. Not because we want to put you on the spot, but there is something about you humbling yourself and saying, God, I need you. I can't do this alone, and I need my brothers around me, and I need my sisters around me, because right now I'm a mess. Right now I am weak. Right now I want to wake up. Be, I want to give up, but I want to encourage you tonight that this walk is not meant to be walked alone in a room, crying by ourselves, not being able to talk to other people. This walk is one of freedom, that we have brothers and we have sisters. You don't have to do it alone. I want to thank our, our, our facilitators. I, I want to thank those people that every semester open their homes, make so many sacrifices for you and for me. You have the opportunity to be there, to do that, to be part of the family. The altar is going to be open because I'm feeling that in this place, many of us are doing this alone, are walking alone, are not talking to anyone about what's going on in our lives. We need each other. We are the body. And when someone in the body is hurting, we all hurt. You better believe I just hit my pinky before coming to church. And my, it wasn't only my pinky that was hurting. My whole body was hurting. We need each other. We need each other. We need each other. We need each other. Thanks for listening this week. We hope you enjoyed the message. Please subscribe, rate, and comment on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you listen on. Have a blessed week.